I'm a bad judge of character sometimes. So sometimes I was good. I picked right once. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most recently. I'm not, look. Yeah, who am yeah. I to judge? I've been a bad judge of character every time. Not every time. Okay, not every You had time. a couple that just didn't work out. Yeah. Right? I mean, okay, let's be real. They're the ones who they were bad judge of characters. <laughs> oh, my. No, Philip, you're not broken. No, I'm not broken. I'm a monster. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, what is a monster but a broken non-monster, you know? I'd rather be a monster. Like, this is what broken. it is. You are not a monster, and, and that's the function. That's your function is to not be a monster. And then someday you break and that function no longer works. So now you're a monster. It's not that you became a monster. It's just that you lost the ability to not be a monster. This is society's fault. Relax. I just want to look good for the boys. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Here? I don't know. What is the meaning of this? What are we? Why? Why any of this? Welcome back. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah. Well, you, do you look good for the boys? I always look good for the boys. And that's the name of the podcast. Hey, hey, look good for the boys. I'm. Are we, we're not. We've talked about this. We're not the boys. No, we're the people looking good for the boys. Are you sure? I mean, I try anyway. I don't know. I think we're the boys. Then that just feels gross. Right? So no, we're not the boys. I guess not. We're not. We're the ones looking good for the <laughs> okay. boys. All right. And the boys is a flexible term here, okay? It yeah, yeah. It a no, lot of things. Yeah, we don't. It's, yeah. Boys is, everything's a boys. Mm-hmm. Look good for the boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Philip Johnson. I'm Andy. Cool. Good story. <laughs> Rude. There you are being rude again. Why are you being rude to me? It's Friday. I'm tired. Okay, so can we start with a little check-in? Sure. Uh, let's do your name, how you've we been already, feeling, we this. and what you've been watching. My name is Andy. I've been feeling overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, but a little less overwhelmed than I was before. Also your favorite pizza topping. Jesus fucking Christ. No, I can't. Like, okay, when you say favorite pizza topping, you're asking for a topping, right? But nobody's favorite you, topping is just oh, a Christ. single ingredient topping. Like, then just your favorite kind of pizza. If you okay. had to order pizza right now, what would you order? Oh, right now? Right yeah. now? Yeah, like, Taco well, pizza from Happy Joe's in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay. That was not hard. God damn it. I want taco. I mean, I can get Carboni's. They have a good taco pizza. Okay. All right. What I've been watching. Do yeah. I go first? Do you want me to go first? I... <laughs> okay. No, I'll go first because I've seen the movie you're going to talk about. Okay. You have not seen the movie I'm going to talk about. Okay. And I feel like we might talk about my movie again at some point. So I just will be quick about it. Yeah. Can you please be quick? No. Because I don't <laughs> like being quiet for a while. <laughs> Neither do I. I will start. I think you should see this movie. Okay. It's on Tubi right now, but I just ordered the Blu-ray. God damn it, Andy. Stop ordering from Blu-rays. From BCI. It was on sale. Uh, everything's on sale all the time. You're on sale all What's the, the name of the movie I'm putting on my watch list? Hasta el viento. TNL, fuck me. I'm you know gonna what? Do, I'm gonna Just go text it to me later. I'm going again. <laughs> I here's the thing. I I speak Spanish, mm-hmm. kind of. I'm really really rusty. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna say it so well, and then I practiced it. All right, we'll give it a few goes. I'll and you can just cut out the ones that don't work. I'll be quiet <clears throat> for it. 
Hasta el viente tiene miedo. I said I got Try it, it wrong. Again. I got it wrong. Try it I, again. I, the whole key word there was wrong. I didn't even end the right way. It was close. Hasta el viento tiene miedo. One more time. Hasta el viento tiene miedo. Uh, do it again. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Hasta el viento tiene miedo. Even the wind is afraid. Okay. Even the wind is afraid. I'm trying to figure out what emphasis do you put you put on the el viento because the, the it's like the wind. The wind's Even afraid. The wind, wind can't be afraid. afraid. Yeah, so it'd be El Viento is the... El Viento. Hasta El Viento tiene miedo. Even the wind is afraid. Mm -hmm. 1968, Carlos Enrique Taboada. It's a Mexican film. It's a ghost story. It's kind of like Shirley Jackson a go-go a bit. It does remind me a lot of like uh, Shirley Jackson's book, uh, Hangs a Man. Maybe it's just because it takes place at an all-girls school. It's an all-girls boarding school, and there's spooky stuff going on, and... It's just great. It's funny because it's it's got some Carrie vibes to it a little bit because there's um, the popular girls and then there's like the mousy nerdy girl, but she's not the protagonist, <laughs> the mousy nerdy girl. Cause she's kind of like represented as like a narc. Like the, it, the movie sympathizes with her, but she's like a snitch. She like snitches on the, on the bad girls and there's a bullying scene. Here's why I bring up Carrie because there's a bullying scene, but instead of like throwing tampons at her in the shower, they're like trying to make her dance. And she won't dance because it's rock and roll music. They're playing on a piano, and it, that's sinful. And then, but then they definitely are trying to like make her do a strip tease for them. And like one of the girls who is the character of the movie, Kitty, she's not. It's weird because your protagonist is Claudia, kind of, but it's also Kitty, who is a one hundred percent cream queen. She exudes she just, sexual energy. She just she's one of those characters where it's like if if you ask me, like I don't know what cream queen means, but this is it. You know, it's okay. Kitty. Her name's Kitty. And she's the bad girl. She's got a boyfriend and she's always getting in trouble. Oh, she wears a nightgown that is scandalous and the headmistress does not like that. So she does this striptease in this in this scene because she's like, oh, Josefina won't do it. I'm going to do it. And like, there's like a great jump scare in it. It's funny because like all the girls are like, no, don't. Kitty, stop it. Stop it. You, no. And they're like looking away and then like cuts to one of the girls who's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kitty, keep going. <laughs> anyway, there's a ghost story in it. There's some deception in the movie. There's some betrayals. It's great. Even the wind is afraid. 1968. It's fun. It's good. I love it. It's on Tubi. Cool. That just made me realize, Andy, you know what we need? What? We need a rating system. I know. It's weird. I'm always against rating systems. Really? But we. What we but there's a reason for them. I mean, maybe we should just change it up every time. Like, whatever we've hated and loved recently. Like, okay, Andy, so on a scale of wrong turn one to wrong turn six, how would you rate this movie? Well, that's not fair because I don't think any of the wrong turns are good except for the first one and the new one. I wasn't talking about two through five. I mean, like, if wrong turn one is the best and wrong turn six is the worst. What's the scale? Do I say a movie that's not a wrong turn movie? I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. <laughs> like on a scale, here's what I say about about Asta Asta Viento Tiene Miedo. On a scale from wrong turn one to wrong turn six, Asta Tiene Jesus Christ Asta Viento Tiene Miedo is a Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. <laughs> okay, <laughs> see that, that works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just an interesting. It's an interesting movie. It's definitely unlike most things it's definitely unlike most possession movies and ghost movies i like can't stop thinking about it and i want to watch it again cool anything else you want to say about it nope 
It's good. See it. <laughs> or don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I think I'll see it. Okay, good. Well, yeah, because I, <laughs> I ordered the Blu-ray. Yeah, well, that'll help. What did you watch, Philip? Well, I'm so glad you asked because <laughs> I really want to talk about what I watched, which was I finally, after, gosh, what, 22 years, finished watching the Warlock trilogy. So it was 22 years ago that you first saw the first Warlock movie? No, it's been 22 years since Warlock 3 came out and I never bothered to watch it. Oh, so wait. Okay. So I watched the first two probably in high school, like okay, late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. So, but this movie came out in 99, Warlock 3, yeah. End of Innocence. Which, it's the end of something. It's yeah. the end of a franchise is what yep. it's the end of. And way to go out with a whimper, oh man. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah. There's a reason you, you waited 22 years. I get to get everybody waited that long i don't think anybody watched it when it came out yeah i mean okay on a scale of wrong turn to wrong turn six this movie's like wrong turn five it's not as bad as six but it's it's close is five the music festival one yeah all right yeah okay i agree with that it adds up yeah (laughs) Yeah, if you said four i would be like wait hold on a second wrong turn four is better than warlock three oh for sure it's just a hair above wrong turn six it's not a good movie it's a terrible terrible movie and thank god it's short but also it it really packs a lot into its short runtime and makes it feel like way longer than it is. Yeah, because um, it's all this fucking shitty character drama. Yeah. That doesn't really matter. There's also some weird soundtrack cues and a lot of montages that are pointless. Oh, yeah. What was that? At that time, there were, I remember there were a couple of Hellraiser sequels around that time that did that. Just like lots of montages. It was like late 90s, early 2000s. That was the thing is like shitty montage with industrial music playing that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, this is more like alt rock music. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like it's like lit. Is not actually lit, but like it, like you know, yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. It. Anyway, okay, so basically, you have the protagonist played by Ashley Lawrence, who her the character's name is Chris, because of course it is. It's a late '90s movie, of course. You know, it's Chris, <laughs> and she finds out that she has this house that's been in her family for generations, so she has to go check it out. And then her friends decide to come join her. And the loose plot is that for some reason the warlock is there, and he wants Chris, but he has for some reason all her friends apparently own her because they all have to give her to the warlock in order for him to actually take her, which is like super weird. It's such a like strange, complicated way to go about adding conflict into a warlock movie. Yeah is that he spends this movie like kind of trying to take over her friends and torture them, which my favorite is. So like first he, you know, shatters one friend into a million little pieces and the other two, he like sex tortures and then her boyfriend, he melts his fucking face and he does, he refuses to give in and then sets him on fire and the instant he's on fire, like literally the second he's like, all right, you can have her. (laughs) But my favorite is the very last person to give her up is the stoner character who secretly is in love with Chris. And like, literally, he's not even tortured at all. Like, he's been possessed sort of throughout this movie. And then suddenly he like shows up after everybody else has been like brutally murdered. And it's just like, she's all yours. And then the warlocks, you want to know what I did to make him give you up? And it's just like this clip that he shows of Chris saying something like, I don't want to hang out with you or I don't like him. Like, that's it. Like, that's all it took for this stoner character to be like, what a bitch. (laughs) Fucking murder her. Sacrifice her. I don't care. I mean, you know, to be fair, it was a different time. And the world was kind of overrun with warlocks. Yeah. And we all kind of just, you know, for about five or six years, just we kind of let the warlocks do what they wanted. You know, we didn't. What I'm saying is it it was in the culture Mm -hmm. and it didn't take a lot 
for a warlock to convince us that the warlock should get his way. You know, I'm not saying it's right, you know, especially in hindsight, you know, I mean, a lot of people in those, in in that time did some stuff they'd probably like to take back, but you know, the warlocks were kind of in charge. So fair. It's a sad warlock age of warlocks in America. But here's the weird thing about this though, is that like (laughs) the stoner character giving her up, that was the last one. That was the holdout. So you have all these people being murdered and tortured and awful things happening to them. And you're like, oh gosh, there's only one left. And then he's just like, yeah whatever you can have her yeah like it's like the most anticlimactic final kill what's it's also just like you know what what's the hierarchy there then you know because like the stoner's not her boyfriend Mm -mm. so why why not just get him to do it first yeah like like, he's the first to give in to warlock's powers so he should have just just give it up early you know well and that also makes me wonder if like so that's what it's I think five people total then that have to consent to the warlock taking. Yes. Yeah. Five. That's kind of, I mean, I feel like I'm not super popular, you know, but I have a decent amount of friends and people that I would consider good friends. And I'd like to think that like somewhere in between like Taylor or you and I don't know, some random stoner. (laughs) Like I'd like to think there's more people. I'd like to think that like, he would have to, like, the list would probably be at least 20 for me. Yeah. I would hope. The guidelines you know? around this are very loose. Like, was it just the people who happened to be around, you know? Yeah, right? Like, because if I'm at the store when the warlock wants to come get me, like... Is it the whole store that has to consent to you? Because I feel like then you're kind of fucked. Yeah, or is it just the people in the nearest six aisles? Maybe. You know, I how mean, big is the house that they're at? It's a pretty big fucking house. It's like a castle. So yeah, if you're if we're talking the cub on Nicolette, he has to get the permission of like at dozens. least yeah, at least half that store. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, a physical proximity thing just feels unfair. I feel like it would have to be like closeness in relation to your life, but also like there's people now that I'm closer with than you know people that I would have considered best friends like 20 years ago. But you know, there are those people that you call them and you pick up right where you left off, and it's like no time has passed mm-hmm. at all but also they're not really involved in my life like where do they stand you know does Chris have somebody like that that like well and the movie is very clear to point out that like she doesn't really have any family left and those are her only friends which seems very convenient that they all show up at the house which can I just take a moment to address this yeah so speaking of montages it's this whole like fake out jump scare where she's at the house by herself her friends told her they weren't coming And she hears all these creepy noises and she's investigating. And then suddenly like her friends jump out at her from the front door, which is weird, but it's the middle of the night, right? It's like 3 a.m. Cause she even, I think makes a comment that it's 3 a.m. Like, what are you guys doing here? Their car broke down, blah, blah, blah. Then you cut to this montage. It's like a very nineties montage of them like cleaning the house. But like all they do is they like pull one sheet off of a couch. They like try to wipe off a little dust off the table and like, I don't know, light a candle. And then there, then it cuts to them on the steps like all exhausted and is like well should we turn in for the night and it's like well by now it's like 5 a.m what are you what why were you cleaning (laughs) and they weren't it's not like they were cleaning their like sleeping spaces they were just like like, yeah they were like like having a party yeah it it was the it's the weirdest fucking montage yeah like they literally could have cut to them walking up the steps and being like let's go to bed and that would have been just fine i feel like there's some subplot removed that was like cut 
you know, that like ex- would explain that. Maybe if it's even like a line of dialogue somewhere that is like where they thought, like it was probably in the script, they probably shot it that way. And then like when they were editing, they're like, you know, we don't need this whole like they're trying to resell the house so they have to clean it up subplot or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, something would explain that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's some bit of information missing. Because yeah, I, I didn't watch to. this recently. I haven't seen it in a long time. So, w- sorry, you were saying she's, she's like doesn't have a lot of family these are the only people in her life oh yeah and so it's just like this weird coincidence that the only people that she cares about all five of them show up you know yeah what if one of them was sick would the warlock have to like go like yeah would they visit them because they're all they all live in a dorm room right next to each other apparently because there's this opening montage where you're being introduced to the characters oh for sure like they all live each like one door down from the other but yeah would would this warlock have to go and (laughs) <laughs> and like get permission like go all the way to college and be like hey uh so i think like there's probably a teacher that would like find out about this and feel really left out you know like oh i just you know i only told her to follow her dreams of writing poetry but you know no big deal i guess i'm not really that important in her life I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a classic that's a classic warlock move like finding someone that doesn't have a lot of friends and sort of like isolating them and, and it's like it's well but it's cult sort leaders of, do that white supremacist recruiters do that that's true but here's the thing Warlocks. is that like she's supposed to maybe be like a reincarnated little girl from like hundreds of years ago <laughs> that maybe he like had claim over or something it's so confusing <laughs> it's unnecessarily confusing for warlock three got a lot of those franchises like got into that i mean it, warlock's not a franchise this is a trilogy i mean it's technically a franchise because they're all directed by different people but i wouldn't I, a trilogy is a stretch that feels like it gives yeah because it it's credit. not it's not like cohesive it's weird too because it's not jillian sands anymore it's bruce Payne. It's bruce Payne, the bad guy from passenger 57 which okay looking at his career it is possible that the script and direction just didn't give him much to work with. But here's the thing. He has zero charisma in Oh my in this God, movie. he's so boring in it. He like, is so boring. Julian Sands. I love Julian Sands. I don't think I've ever seen Julian Sands in a movie and thought, oh, that somebody else should have been. Like, he's just always great. Yeah, yeah. And he really fucking made that role, yeah. you know, in the first two movies. So if you want to replace Julian Sands, which... I would understand why he didn't want to come back for this. Like, at least try. Yeah. You know, at least, I mean, you don't have to try to make it the same character, but at least try to make it something. Yeah. Something at all. Yeah, like, okay, fair. He's not Robert Englund. He's not, you know, Brad Dourif in the Child's Play movies. He's not, like... But he is, though. Like, he is at least the Doug Bradley of the Warlock movies. He's, like, inseparable from the role. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna... I mean, I guess they didn't really try when they got rid of Doug Bradley, either. (laughs) in hellraiser but well not in uh not in the not in revelation in revelation in judgment they judgment, tried yeah yeah i don't know bruce payne's not bad but like he's bad in this he's boring in it he doesn't get any you're right they don't give him anything to do well and w- okay what makes his performance so much worse is and i want to get on a little high horse soapbox something here i want to get up on something to talk get on up all right <laughs> i'm getting on up i fucking love ashley lawrence I just, every time I, she has not been in a ton of things really, but every time I see her, she just brings her A game to every performance. She's just really like, she wants, it's like she wants to be there and she wants to make the most of it. Yeah. And it's, it's lovely to watch. Like she really is like the best in this movie. It's like, that's the greatest sin of Hellraiser Hellseeker. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, they waste Ashley Lawrence. Yeah, but even when she's there, she's not there much, but when she's there, she brings yeah, she, it. Oh, no, she's great, but like they don't, like she's not in most of the movie. And you're just like, what? We are here because of her. 
What are you doing? And, you know, I don't know, just even when I see interviews with her when she was on Joe Bob last year, like she just seems so lovely. Mm -hmm. And then to like watch her just like really like even take something garbage like Warlock 3 and just do the most for it. Like I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. It's like Jeffrey Combs, you know, (laughs) just bring your A game. Like you're there. You might as well make something of it. You know, and I mean, they both were in the lurking fear, which is why I made that connection. Yeah, yeah. Where they both bring their A game. Oh, to they're this so B good movie. in that. They're, they're so fantastic. good in that. And Ashley Lawrence is doing the whole Sarah Connor thing, and it's so fun. It is yeah. so fun to watch. So even in this, like, sh- and this is what makes Bruce Payne so much worse is that he's really. It, it's not. It's like he's not even trying, and she is trying so hard. In Passenger Fifty Seven, there's something about him, and I don't know if it's just that you know you, the juxtaposition of his character against Wesley Snipes' character kind of makes his broodingness sort of stand out more or what but it's not working in this movie and i wonder if it's i wonder if it's the director i wonder if it's he was directed to be that you know like don't you dare have fun with this kind of thing like you have to be menace you have to be intimidating you have to be serious and what it comes out down to is just like a i don't know it's very flat anyway all right that's what we've been watching is it no, actually. Oh, God. We watched Jungle Trap. We did watch Jungle Trap. I don't know if we're qualified to talk about Jungle Trap. I don't think anybody's qualified to talk <laughs> about Jungle Trap. It is yeah. a unique viewing experience. Jesus. You're saying that you can say that again. So, like, okay. So, Jungle Trap is this movie that was shot on video 26 years ago. Was it 1990? I thought it was 1990. No, it was 1990. It was, but it was found in. 2016 so the whole thing is like 26 years yeah oh gotcha Um, gotcha gotcha. 26 years before it was edited yeah yeah yeah, so it was all shot in 1990 and the plot is like really weird it involves these people going to try to find some idol from this like very hostile cannibalistic headhunting amazonian tribe so the the footage was never edited it was found in 2016 and this crew put it together with the supervision of the director and edited it into an actual movie and scored it and like... All right, actual movie is a stretch. True, yeah. It's, <laughs> it is a strange thing. Yeah. I kind of love... I don't know. It's a fascinating watch. You know, that thing we were talking about when we were talking about Zack Snyder earlier, it, that idea that he's like, he's like half, you know, pretentious, you know, wannabe neorealist or even experimental film nerd, you know, like half of him wants to be like that and the other half is Michael Bay. Th- the thing is, is that's an interesting personality combination when there's no budget. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what you think Jungle Trap which is? Which is what Jungle Trap kind of is. There's a lot of films like that, you know, where it's like, wow, this is like bordering on like George Kushar level of weird. Well, but it's also like just spectacle. This guy wanted to make a spectacle and just by virtue of having no resources or limited resources. Because it's weird too, the stuff he like will spend money on. There's fucking helicopters and like pyrotechnics in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But when, when the cast has to <laughs> take a, a small Cessna to the location that they're trying to get to literally the scene inside the plane is like inside a cardboard box and the entire cast can't even fit in it it's only like half of them yeah because it's too small because it's a cardboard box yeah (laughs) it's just so fascinating yeah but it's also like super surreal because i think a big part of it is because it was edited 26 years later and so there's a lot of weird cuts and jumps in logic and Mm -hmm. like you know because they're working with just the footage that they had they didn't they couldn't shoot anything new for it but beyond that like the plot of it is just all over the place like the they there's this hotel that everybody that was there got murdered but then they show up and it's like all still functioning and staffed and they're like well this is fine 
But of course, they're like ghost staff. The the one good performance in it is the the bellboy ghost. Oh yeah, this guy's like seventy weird. years old, and he's a bellboy, but he's a ghost bellboy who knows he's a ghost, and so he's just like hamming it up constantly. It's, it's great. It's fantastic, but it's just, it's the weirdest film, and like no none of the cast seem to know what's going on at any moment, and they're just sort of like just yeah. moving through the scene in just this like haze. It's so strange. And they're making these like weird, sudden like twists in logic or just like ignoring what's happening around them completely. Like they're they've been at this hotel for a full day before this one psychic character is like they're <laughs> everybody here is dead. Who's reading just a she's reading just a regular deck of playing cards. Yeah. And they're not even like arranged in any way. She's just like throwing them on a bed. Yep, And that's how she that's how she tells, tells the future. That, that's how she figures out that the how this hotel is staffed all by ghosts, <laughs> which they should know because they spent m- a lot of time talking about how everybody there got murdered. They're constantly talking about shit in this movie that's like, okay, so you know this then. You acknowledge this. And then later on, they're like, oh, no, that thing we said earlier is true. And it's like, wh- no, you already knew what is happening. Right. Like they get to this hotel and they're like, well, everybody here is dead. And then they... Like the bellhop shows up and they're like, oh, guess I not. guess not. And then later they're like, oh, wait, everybody there was dead. It's like, yes. No, no shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. There's a lot. Yeah. It's like constant red flags and constant characters being like, nah, it's okay. My favorite is that um, the pseudo protagonist is this husband and wife. The oh husband God. is an anthropologist and the wife is a reporter and the husband is so disappointed that this hotel that was displacing all of these <laughs> tribes and like literally causing like cultural extinction never got to like be finished. He's and the like wife, super the reporter, racist. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. As an anthropologist and the wife, the reporter is the one who is like looking out for the tribe yeah. and wanting to do what's best for them. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a, it's a movie. It's a thing that we watched. Oh, and another great line from that is, uh, Oh, the hotel, it was called the palace oh something God. or other. What was it again? <laughs> the Palace Hotel? Oh, yeah. The Palace Hotel. That's the name of the hotel. <laughs> yeah. the ho- okay, It's a, called a hotel? No, it's a hotel called Palace something. I, I don't know. There's a word I'm forgetting. There's a, <laughs> there's a word. It's, it's a hotel. It's called Palace something. And then there's a word that I, I do not know. It's a hotel. It's so weird. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill. Magical edition. So we got... Julian Sands from Warlock. Mm-hmm. We have the Jin from right Wishmaster. There. Stop right there. And Billy Zane from Demon Knight. What? No. Uh-uh. I refuse to answer this. Why? You can't make me choose between the Warlock and the Collector. Uh, don't forget the Jin. And keep in mind, I'm I'm, st- I'm I'm speaking like Jin in human form. You know. Okay. Remember what he looks like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hot. uh, it's what's his face? He looks good. Devoff. Yeah, that Andrew Divoff Diva from um, fucking everything. From my wet dream. He was in everything, including your wet dreams. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yes, yeah, I'm still not super into the gin. I'm also considering both of their power sets. All three of their yeah. power sets? I mean, I will say out of all of them, I think Billy Zane's the most charismatic. Yeah. He, he's also the most dangerous. Yeah. Because yeah. he's the most charismatic. He's also very, like, he's dedicated to his job so much. Which, what's wrong with that? No, there's, I mean, like, okay, it's one of those things where it's like, I think you've noticed that to me, when we answer these, I, I tend to think on a very pragmatic level regarding my marriage picks. Meaning? 
Meaning I don't like marriage doesn't mean much to me in in as far as what it says about your God, this is gonna sound fucked up because so many of my married friends, if they listen to this, they're gonna be like, What do you mean by that? Keep going. That's the best. I'm not kind. super invested in marriage as like a thing for me in my life. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. And when I say fuck Mary Kill, like the Mary part of that is really just like this is a person you're going to live with and live domestically. Like you have a life together. Yeah. You know? Okay, so regarding the collector, regarding that's his character's name in Demon Knight. Demon Knight, correct, I think. Yeah. The corrector. The collector. The corrector. Yeah. Correct he me if I'm wrong, things. but I think he collects things. Collect me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he corrects things. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. I think that like if what you're looking for, if you want that kind of like marriage where it's like, you know, he's got to go out of town so that we don't drive each other crazy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I want him to be away at work so that I can have my own life too. Then he's a good partner for that. You know? Yeah. I mean, in, in that sense, they all are. They're all going to do a lot of travel. Oh, that's right. They all travel for work. Yeah, they do. <laughs> And I mean, the gin's more like a freelance thing because it's very unstable. It's just whoever possesses the lamp, right? Is it a, it's not no, a lamp. It's a it's gem. A, it's, a gem. Yeah. <laughs> it's the red gem yeah. thing that he lives inside of. Yeah, he does. That's your yeah. home if you marry the gin. Oh, gosh. gem stone. I mean, look, here's the thing about him. The wish thing. In those movies, he seems to like fulfill wishes pretty willy-nilly. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of regulations surrounding it yeah like his rule set is very loose yeah there's some times where he's like definitely doing it because he wants to like he's making a wish shitty not because he has to you know but because like he wants to be an asshole yeah he's fully capable of making wishes fulfilled in a normal way yeah so like he can do that he can use that power on his own will it's not one of those like where you're like hey babe can you get me a diet coke he's not going to be like sorry you're not holding the gem right like he's going to just make it happen but i also think because of his attitude problem he can't be serious. You know what I mean? For like a second. He's always on. Yeah. It's always going to be one of those things where it's like, can you just get me a fucking Diet Coke, please, honey, without putting, yeah, without like making it rain Diet Coke on me? You're so right. He he can never just chill. Yeah. He the can't has let no it chill. go. He can't let the bit go. Yeah. You're right. He has no chill. So yeah, it's, it's always. constant with Yeah. Him. And that's going to make parties so fucking awkward. Oh my God. So tedious. Yeah. But also, I bet the gin is terrible in bed. Yeah, he's dying. He I'm can't sorry. Be good. He's, he's got to die. He's out of this. You know he's what? He was my equation. Mary. He was my really? Mary until you talked it out, and I realized that, yeah, you're right. He would be exhausting. Oh, my God. No. So exhausting. And then, like, if you divorced him, ugh. You would see him all the time. He would never sign the papers because yeah. he would just want to have you to go to him for shit. Well, and he would just, like, randomly show up everywhere in your life. Seriously. He yeah. would kill all your friends. Yeah. And yeah. forget about getting together with the warlock after that. Yeah, no. Like Jin, Jin will he'll fucking always be in the picture. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's gone. Death, death yeah. to the Jin. Death to the Jin. I agree with you there. And then it just comes down to. Here's my thing about Billy Zane the Collector. Okay, is that we? By the way, Billy Zane needs to be like a focus. I think at some point the other day I was like, we need to have a focus on Billy Zane at some point because holy shit, this guy, Billy fucking Zane, what a lunatic. What I love a, him. What a treat. <laughs> what a treat <laughs> what indeed. A, what a treat we have in Billy Zane. <laughs> Man, can I just say, like, as a side note before we continue this, his performance in Demon Knight is one of my favorites. Like, Oh, it's hands down one of the best performances in the genre, like, ever. He just fucking doesn't hold back at all, and it is genius. Like, it is just so good. Like, he is so much fun in that movie. How do you make an angel like Billy Zane? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the only person that can answer that is Billy Zane. Billy Zane, if you're out there, tell we, us. We want to talk to you. How are you? Fuck you. Mary, kill yourself. <laughs> Wait, so that that didn't. That's not how I wanted to say. Yeah, that, that came out weird. Um, do you, would you like to amend that? No. No. All right. So, okay, going back to Billy Zane as the collector in mm-hmm. Demon Knight. Okay, super fucking sexy, super charismatic. Can I, make demons. Can make demons. Really fun. Like a fun guy. He's funny. He's interesting. He likes to talk and has interesting things to say. Also, he can kind of do the same wish fulfillment stuff that the djinn does. In a way. Without a weird twist. I mean, does it go away? Is it yeah, all, it's, it's all it's, an illusion. It's all an illusion. Okay. But here's the, here's the problem with him in terms of the fuck Mary scenario, because we're already killing the djinn, is that... Do you remember what his dick looked like? Oh my god! Because you like, see it was Billy Zane's it was like dick. A, it was it was like a it was a dick made of it spirits. Was like a, it's a fire dick. Yeah, and it's huge. Yeah, it is terrifying. Yeah. But what if it's like one of those things where you're like, you think you're not into it until it happens. I know that. See, that's right? the thing. Like it's, it's like, I bet it changes you. That could feel good. Yeah. I mean, he's a demon. He he's like trying to seduce people. I I bet he's actually really good at using that. Yeah, and if he's not. Like, that's not the only kind of sex there is, you true, know? True, true. Like, I bet he's good with other things. Yeah, well, we have I don't know. multiple holes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Way to be reductionist about Billy Zane's body. Well, sorry, Billy Zane. Um, but I'm not that sorry. No, why would you? are hot. Here's the thing, what it comes down to. I would love to be married to the collector, mm-hmm. but also uh, I, we got to look at the second option here is Julian Sands and Warlock, mm-hmm. and I don't think I just want to fuck Julian Sands. No. I don't think he'd be that good in bed. It is the Warlock. I, the feeling I get from the Warlock especially, but probably all Julian Sands characters, because he's another thing. Julian Sands is another one of those actors that when you watch him, you are watching Julian Sands. You know what I mean? Like He's present in all of those roles. And he strikes me, and the warlock particularly, strikes me as the kind of person who's not good at first. You know what I mean? Like, it's relationship dependent. If you with the warlock for a while, you stick around, you develop a connection. Things get better. He reads you better, and he gets more into it, and things get better. Because I've been in those scenarios where the sex is bad at first. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, but then after a while, it's like, no, this is the best. Mm -hmm. And I bet you... The warlock is like that. Although he's also so dedicated to. It's another thing. These are all three people that have full time careers that aren't just careers. They are like lifestyles. They're lifestyles. They are crafts. These are men who are dedicated to their craft. And yeah, and that's like it. That's all yeah, they are. Yeah, and Warlock is, I think, of the three, probably the best at his job. Like, yeah. the, like the one that shows the most proficiency, creativity, and like command of mm-hmm. it. Like, okay, the collector for sure has that confidence and everything, but also you kind of know he's kind of cutting some corners here and there. He talks about work. Julian Sands is just like all business the whole time. Here's another wrench to throw in though. Do mm. you remember his, the collector's whole like uh monologue with Jada Pinkett at the end when he's like trying to seduce her to yeah. like his lifestyle. And it's like exactly what I want to hear from any guy ever. <laughs> You know, like that they'll travel the world, you know, together. Yeah. And like, it just, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That whole thing that he like goes off with her yeah. about where I'm just like, oh my God. And he's like dancing with her mm-hmm. while he does it. Yeah. Like, There's a flare. Like, Billy Zane, hold yeah. me and say those words and I am yours. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. Does he mean it? Well, no. I mean, obviously, because he's he just trying to get the yeah. key from her. Yeah. Wait, no. Just like every man. No, they he only have actually, one thing on wait, their minds, and it's a key. He does mean it in that, because at that time, he oh, already yeah. has it. He has it, and he's trying to, like... Yeah, that's so weird that he just, like, full-on has a crush on her. Yeah, he it's kind of her. Here's the thing. It's kind of unprofessional. Okay, he, but but that shows you that he's more than just his job. That's true. God, I am torn. Buck, Do, I think you have to marry the collector. But I don't want to fuck the warlock. Look, nobody wants to fuck the warlock, Philip, but sometimes it's just what you have to do. You know what? No, no. There's <laughs> another choice here. I will marry the collector and I will fuck the djinn. Sorry, Julian Sands, but no, you die. No, you're killing the warlock. He's great and he's sexy and all, but like, I, I don't... I f- if, if you can't have him, no one can. Is that what <laughs> yeah, it is? that's yeah. exactly what this yeah. is. I don't want to just fuck him, but I also really would rather marry the collector. I think I'm marrying the warlock. All right, I respect It's the that. hair. You know what? I'm shallow in this regard. It comes down to his hair. I mean, that's a, a hard weight on that side of it. But mm. I And just... I'm not saying that like bald isn't sexy. I'm not saying I can't be attracted to that. But you're saying... But the wait. warlock's hair is the warlock's hair. Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. And his, the way he dresses, too. Yeah, I'm going with warlock. That was... that. Look, that was... Okay, that was a... That was a rough one. All right, moving on. <laughs> it has come to my attention, Andy. Stop it. That we really need our own... Hush. Ranking ranking system i don't want to do this rating system oh my god we need okay. it. because here's why so we were rating things by wrong turn movies and what i realized is like saying okay on a scale of wrong turn to wrong turn six you know how would you rate this that's like saying on a scale of between eight and two 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 one what would you rate see the, okay this is what i think yeah. i was like i'm uncomfortable with this system because because it's a faulty system it's yeah it, there's not a scale to it it's no. just it's just a drop off. I, I honestly think comparing them to movies and rating them by movies might be just faulty in general. But I was curious. Your I mean, thoughts. It's, it's funny. Uh, okay, so is there a horror franchise that has a consistently steady diminishing returns? Oh golly, where there's no like no large no, drops, no big, in no big jumps either way. I don't think so. Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe, but then you get six. I mean. Then you get New Nightmare, which jumps it back up. Yeah, if you didn't include even. New Nightmare and you did include the remake, I would say Nightmare on Elm Street. Although three is the best one. So yeah, it so kind it of works. It doesn't work that Going from like one, two, and all right, I'm going to say something controversial. Ooh, I love it. I like two better than one. I don't think that's that controversial. I prefer two to one. I think it's very controversial. I think it's controversial in the like, because I could even have a discussion where I, where I could cite the reasons that I think two might have some objective cinematic improvements over one, and mm-hmm. that's controversial. However, I also acknowledge the shortcomings of two. But you're right. It's not a like through line. Like it, it isn't yeah, like no, a steady you jump, downward. You go from one, whether you think two is... Wherever you rank two, yeah. it's still like... It's still, uh, it's a jump to three. Yeah. And then to jump back down, it's it's yeah. uneven. It's like there are peaks and yeah. valleys. Four is four is not as good as one or two, but I God, I really love four so much. Yeah, I mean they're all great in their own way. Yeah, and five is five is five. Five again is like it's a step down from four, yeah. and then six is a step down from five. Then then there would be a plummet to the remake again if you're not counting New Nightmare. And so what, what we're talking about is like steady diminishing. Returns. And I don't know if there is one. What about Hellraiser? Here's the thing. I think Hellraiser is close, but even there, there there's a a pretty big jump to me from four and five four and five and and then another one from five to six although that's not that actually no i think you're right i think hellraiser 
There are, I know there are people that consider two to be an improvement over one. And I was one of those people for a long time until I, you know, revisited both again multiple times in one year and kind of came around to being like, no, I think one is the better film. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing with that is that one is the better film, but I think that because two expands the world in such a beautiful way mm-hmm. that it's easy to get wrapped up in that and forget and, and to like lose sight of the fact that one is just a better film. It's a more solid piece of cinema. I think the other thing is that because the argument I hear a lot about two is that and it's this is the argument that I used to voice is that it has a clear protagonist the entire time whereas one does not and I think like that's neater textbook storytelling but I also don't think you need that there are plenty of movies that have questionable protagonist dynamics and representation there are movies that I think don't really have protagonists and so I, I don't think you need a central protagonist the entire time for the story to work yeah and I think Hellraiser is one of the films that exemplifies that. So to me, it's almost because of that, I think it's a better movie. But here, here's the thing about that is that I do feel like it, it's a steady diminishing returns, mm-hmm. but I still feel like there is a jump. And I know you love three and four has its merits. There's a big jump between two and three. Yeah, there's a big jump. Yeah. There's a big jump between two and three, and there's a decent sized jump between three and four, and then an even bigger one than that between four and five. Four is a better movie than it gets credit for. But it's still a mess. It's still a mess. I mean, it's a, look, there are, most of the Hellraiser movies are messes. Yeah. But again, though, Judgment is better than Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. There's an uptick. Mm-hmm. So what about Halloween? No, because I think that one's got larger jumps. You're right. You're right. The Halloween franchise is something that, like, if we get into it on this podcast, that's going to be what the whole episode is. If we get into it on this podcast, you will not hear my voice for the most, <laughs> for most of the this podcast. This is why I don't talk about the Halloween yeah. franchise very often. It's Andy's it's pet. Like, it's like, yeah, I will fucking bulldoze you if you yeah. bring up Halloween. And I don't, look, I don't mean to. It's just, I've seen every one of those movies so many times. Uh, but, okay, here's the thing Andy and I have been friends for 20 years i'm able to talk over him but when it comes to halloween i won't want to that's fair so we probably just won't talk about halloween look halloween is a verboten subject wow what if what if we just never talk about halloween on this podcast that'd be very fascinating can you imagine a horror podcast where you just don't talk about halloween okay real quick okay i want to just just get this out of my system get it out i will never do it again Uh uh-huh I'm going right. to rank all the Halloween movies. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to sit back because I can't be a part of this. Look, I'm going to do this as brief as possible with as little reasoning as possible. I just want to do it to see if I can. You ready? Yeah. Go. One, four, H2O, three, two, six, five. <sighs> and here's where we get trouble. I'm not including the remakes in this. Okay. You know what? I'm going to include the remakes. Okay. This is where we get the tweets. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween resurrection i didn't include i just realized i didn't include 2018 no you did 2018 (laughs) really really wow okay all right oh man what if i meant that you'll never know did i mean that did i mean that 2018 is below resurrection in my ranking you'll never know it's not i can't i can't do that okay where is it i need to know or is this the ultimate mystery it's tied with five okay all right it's not the worst movie to have the word halloween in the title that's where I put it. It and five share the same space to me, emotionally. They were equally big letdowns to me in the theater. Fair. So, moving on. So, we have determined that there is no single horror franchise with consistently diminishing returns. No, I don't think there is. Because, yeah, even with Frankenstein, I was going to say, if you go back far, all the way to the Frankenstein movies, nah, Bride is better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And just like with I Chucky. love Ghost. Yeah. 
Child's right? Play. Is, uh, not better than the first one, but it's, no. it's up it's there. better than the third one. Yeah. Maybe. Is it? Yes. Okay. Well, and, and Cult is better than Sun or Seed. Cult is better than Seed. No. Curse is better than Seed. Hands down. Yeah. Seed sucks. Yeah. Seed's the worst. Seed's the last place Child's Play movie, which is sad because it's the only one with John Waters in it. And you would think that the only Child's Play sequel that has John Waters in it would be one of the better ones. You know what, though? I will say this. Here's the other thing. Revisit Seed. It's not as bad as it was when I saw it in the theater. Um, okay. So. I think we've concluded that there are no. That Hellraiser comes the closest, maybe. So, by extension, if there are no horror franchises that have consistently diminishing returns, we mm-hmm. cannot use a horror franchise as a rating system. So, we need a yep. different rating system. Do you okay? I I feel like you have an idea. No, actually, I have not. Oh, you don't. You I don't. You I brought fucking, this to you because I needed help. You fucking shouted fire in a theater. Uh, no, that's not a good analogy. No, that's not. No. What is a good analogy for that? You like you came to fuck but forgot your rubbers. I don't know what. <laughs> no. You have no. Okay, so you have no plans. No. No, okay. I said uh, let's eat out, and then I refused to give any idea of where or what I'm in the mood for. I mean, what? So, what do you? What do we do? What is the? I mean, is there some thematic tie-in to our look good for the boys? <laughs> is it on a scale of Susie from Night of the Demons to boobs inside of Freddy Krueger? <laughs> what, what is the? Is that what where, kind of? What's that? the? What? What? Is, what is this on the quigglometer? <laughs> the quigglometer. <laughs> Linneometer? No, I think quiglom. I like quiglometer. <laughs> The quigometer. The quigometer. <laughs> yeah, this is about. Uh, it's about a. It's. Uh, we're doing seven Linneas per hour on the quigometer. <laughs> so on a scale from spider to trash, how many Linneas on the quigometer is this? <laughs> is that how we should do it? I don't know. That feels unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> That it feels really, like nobody will it really, like. On a scale you can't from, jump into this this meter. On a scale from spider to trash, and trash is like the good one. Like trash is the highest. Yeah, I feel like that could be really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so <laughs> Linnea Linnea quickly as a rating system is out. I mean, I think any one person as a rating system is out. Well, okay, and then so all right, is it a binary rating system? You know what I mean? Pass fail, hot not, toot boot. Whatever they say, they say something in Clueless, right? What, like a Betty and Betty, a... Betty. <laughs> I know they say that they're a total Monet. Monet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Betty and Monet. <laughs> I, I don't know what else there is. It's uh, you know because the the, the the all the rating systems there are right. They're like numerical with a with a this a symbol. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a four stars or two popcorns or two thumbs. As much as this is a critical evaluation podcast, it's really less about evaluation, more about discussion. Mm-hmm. Like it's a critical discussion podcast, a speculative critical discussion podcast, maybe even, of course, through the filter of, you know, the mean girls in the lunchroom. I mean, would it be... Should we do a lunchroom poll? Uh, obviously. Okay. We have to we at have some to point. Now, right? Multiple points. Yeah. Now yeah. we have... Listeners, expect a lunchroom poll. <laughs> lunchroom poll. Um, w- would it be too objectifying to Lunch rate- doom poll. Okay, I'm done. I'm okay, sorry. thank you. Would it be too objectifying to have a rating system that's based on Linnea Quigley's self? Like, well, I'd rate this, like, this is a whole Linnea Quigley. It's a solid 100% oh complete God. Linnea Quigley. <laughs> oh my God, like she's a, like a meal at KFC. <laughs> this, this is a whole Linnea. Nope, this is just two thighs and a tit. <laughs> 
You know, I say this all with the utmost respect of Linnea Quigley and everything she presents. So maybe I shouldn't have that be the rating system. Yeah, I don't know. Because then it makes yeah, it seem like right. we're objectifying yeah. Linnea Quigley, and we would never I mean, objectify Linnea Quigley. I would only insofar as... Yeah, okay, look. I would never try to remove the spirit of Linnea Quigley right. from the body of Linnea Quigley. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a really That sounds like a really creepy way of saying I'm definitely going to murder Linnea Quigley. <laughs> Which we're not. We're, we're not here to not. murder no, no, no. Linnea Quigley. Oh my God. Her, does she have a lawyer? Because we're going to hear from them, I think. Yeah. Um, I would no. like to take this moment to express how much I love, respect, and care about Linnea Quigley's health and well-being and independence completely from this podcast and anything we talk about. Absolutely, 100%. Anyway, the point is we cannot, it can't be, we can't. We can't reduce Linnea Quigley to her parts. We can't Quigley's body apart for a rating (laughs) system. Maybe we should move beyond the the Linnea Quigley aspect of our rating system then. I mean, I don't ever want to move away from Linnea Quigley as no, a subject. No, but just as like a but, rating system. Yeah. Okay, so where does that leave us then? Are we doing, so we're not doing a binary thing. It's not like whatever the cute, pithy, you know, I mean, it always has to rhyme, right? Hot, not, toot, boot. I mean, could we just do like Night of the Demons characters? Like this movie is a total mm. stooge. This movie's an Angela. Yeah, but they she all... is great at like making a party, but Pour at the follow through. See, this is even more complex then. Well, yeah. I mean, isn't it about time we had a fucking complex rating system that acknowledged that not everything is on one dichotomy? Okay, yeah. But then what's the point of a rating system? Like the whole, right? Isn't the whole thing of having a rating system to make it simpler? I feel like if, we, if we're introducing it as, char- as characters from Night of the Demons representative of different forms of evaluation, it's just complicating it even more, you know? I think it needs to be complicated because here's the thing. Like what what I'm saying with the character thing is that this is about what our involvement with the movie is. Because you know what? Honestly, a movie isn't just like A through F. Like, oh, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, but it had some issues. B plus. Like some movies have a place in certain things. Like I'm in the mood for Bloodstalkers. But you know what? Sometimes I'm fucking not. Okay. Yeah. But I think if that's the case, you can just say that it doesn't need to be signified by a rating system. Because that's the thing, right? Like sometimes they'll say, they do this a lot different evaluation outlets do this a lot with music and bands and musical releases and i think you can do it with movies it's like if you're a fan of x then check out y but if you're gonna say that you're already saying that you know what i mean like you don't need a stand-in to say that but but what i'm saying is like uh, the the characters in night of the demons present this like beautiful like tableau of different kinds of people that you would want to hang out with at various times but not always okay but it's so so like that's subjective and it's also like we we would have to have an entire and i'm look i'm not against this Mm -hmm. i'm just saying these are the things we have to be concerned about now okay because okay i was okay full disclosure i was definitely just against it and now i don't think i'm against it with the caveat the understanding that we would have to basically devote an entire episode to outlining what each character stands for when we invoke it in this evaluation. Yes. Like if we say this movie is a total Sal, mm. well, okay, what do we know about Sal? This is what Sal signifies. Yeah. This isn't a hard pass. Mm-hmm. It's just a that's 
going to require a lot more thought. What are we doing here then? If not just like putting <laughs> overly unnecessary thought into unimportant things. I'm just saying we can put that overly unnecessary thought into these things without it becoming a ranking system. Like without it being in service of simplification. But okay, when you really boil this down and the more I talk about it, the more I'm into this idea. The less I'm into it. What signifies like what movies are supposed to do for us in our enjoyment of entertainment and watching these horror movies of like all scopes and sizes, then the characters of Night of the Demons 2 and 1. I'm going to throw them both in there. Wait, you're now 2 is in the yeah, mix? Yeah, because you know what? You get some characters in 2 that you don't get represented in 1 that you would want to hang out with sometimes but not all the time. Oh my God. Okay, name one character in 1 that you wouldn't want to hang out with all Stooge. the time. Angela honestly has her place, but not all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's Susie a, it's a has her place, but Angela. not all the time. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Susie, I cannot imagine a scenario that would not benefit from having Susie present. Uh, I wouldn't want to bring her to a family reunion. Are you fucking kidding me? That's all I want to do now. <laughs> yeah, well, you have a different idea of your goals at your family reunions than I do. Very true. Very true. Who in I, your family do you think she would try to fuck? Who wouldn't she? <laughs> Look, here's what I'm saying. I'm standing by this, actually. I think if you were to take Night of the Demons 1 and 2, the main characters, and just lay them out, that you have a beautiful tableau of personality types to choose from to connect what a film made you feel. I was starting to see my way to seeing it your way until you brought in 2. That's where it's like, what? This is a whole other thing now. Okay, there are definitely mouse films that you couldn't just say are Alice films. What? Name one. What's a mouse film that's not also an Alice film? (laughs) I don't know if I even disagree with you here. I'm just, now I want proof. Now I want to see this in action. I want to see this work. That's what it takes to convince me now. Oh, God. Okay, fuck you. Now I need to, like, (laughs) I need some time. I need to walk away from this and, like, come up with a whole dissertation. I I need to sit down with all the characters and connect a film to each of them to prove you. Yes, this is your, okay, this is your assignment then. Okay. Prove that to me. Prove to me that two is necessary. Because here's the thing I'm going to say, too. And just to show you that I am actually thinking about this and I'm not just being an asshole, I can think of there are two characters that are that are in Night of the Demons 2 that are definitely not represented in Night of the Demons 1. Mm-hmm. And they are the nun. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Whose name, I cannot remember. And father, what's his face? What's his dick? The priest. Okay. Neither of those characters are represented. And there are people that would probably be like, well, the old man and the old lady in Night of the Demons. Wrong. Nope. nope not the Absolutely same. incorrect. But I also can't think of a movie that is represented by those two characters that I would consider watching. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that I gives mean, you... I mean, The movie The Nun is yeah. a The Nun movie. <laughs> well, and that gives you like a another realm of where to put these. Like, not all these characters are supposed to represent movies that we like. Like We're we, only going to talk about movies we like on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. We like everything. We love all movies. Look, if oh, let people enjoy things. See, you're fucking on board with this rating system. You I just don't know it now. yet. Yeah, I but think. I think you're right. I'm gonna come back. You come back. I'm gonna we'll come back a, we'll with a list two. of nightmare or nightmare. We'll part, Night we'll of the part, Demons one and two characters with films. We'll do a part two of this, yeah. and hopefully it'll it'll pick up a little quicker than Night of the Demons two does. It also means I have to rewatch Night of the Demons one and two. Um, Fuck it, watch three too. Why not? Because I've watched it twice, and that's all I'll ever need to watch. Night of the Demons three. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I want to make it very like clear. I want to make it very clear. Night of the Demons three is not part of this rating system. What about the remake? I mean, we can maybe have an Edward Shannon Furlong. Elizabeth. 
Oh yeah, we, we kind of. You Elizabeth. know what? We could have an Edward Furlong, Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, what's her fucking name? Um, from Freddy versus Jason. Um, Monica uh, Kina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three actually could be a part of this. I really regret bringing this up because I did it as a joke, and now it's but you're now it's making a thing. it a thing. Because because here's the thing: if we really hate a movie, we can throw it to the remake, and those three characters represent very distinct personalities of how much we hated it. Right? Yeah. Like, was it a total fuck up, like Edward Furlong? Was it somebody trying too hard, like Shannon Elizabeth, or was it somebody who's just so plain and forgettable that it's a Monica Kina? Can we also agree though, then, that not all of the characters from Night of the Demons Two are going to be represented? No, and not all the ones from One are going to be represented either. It's just like the oh, main. Oh, really? It's just the boldest personalities that represent a certain like way of describing a film oh and we keep calling her alice her name is judy why do we call her alice because she's she's dressed dressed as alice Alice from alice in wonderland so what we're learning here is we're really terrible with names it's look it's fine so here's what's gonna happen okay i'm gonna go watch these two movies again and then i'm gonna come up with a list of characters from these two movies yeah and a film to go with each of them oh wow this will be fun i like it because we're it almost defeats the purpose of even coming up with a rating system. Yeah, that's that's the point. Because rating systems are bullshit. <laughs> Which is why I was like, I don't need to we don't need to have one. And you're like, no, we need to prove how stupid they are. Yeah. Yes, we do. Okay. By making one so ridiculous and complex mm-hmm. that it just shows how ridiculous they are. Yeah. And then we're is, gonna stick with it. It's look, it's pretty It's ridiculous. gonna be a whole fucking thing. Oh my God. Yep. Buckle up. You're getting our Night of the Demons rating system. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> is the, So is the old man going to be? No. I feel like he should. I feel no. like... I, I feel like like Serbian film is an old man movie. I don't know. Are you sure? Here's the thing. The old man is out to hurt people. He's out to hurt kids on Halloween night. Yeah. And it comes back and bites him in the ass. That's a good point. So Serbian film, I feel like is, is that. You know what? I mean, like, is he only is he the only like truly sadistic character in the original film? Well, in the original film, yeah, I think so. I think that there are more sadistic characters in the sequel. Obviously, that the the punk characters in the sequel actually are out to hurt people. Yeah, but not in not in the way a Serbian film is out to <laughs> no, hurt no, people. No, no, no. But the no, old, you might be right. Yeah, the old man The is, old man is is reserved specifically for movies that want to hurt people in, in a way that they've never been hurt before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and might be permanently damaged. Yeah. yeah. By. Does he have yeah. a name? No, it's just old man, I think. Okay. We're, look, we're just you're going to have to watch these movies again. So you're going to know. Yeah, this is my homework. I will come back with a whole fucking system in place, and I'm going to present it to you as our part two of this ratings episode. Gosh. Buckle up. Bye, good luck. Bye, good luck.